skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul and seal your doom tonight. Spooky, scary skeletons speak with such a screech. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek. We're so sorry, skeletons, you're so misunderstood. Oh, so. This is lots of pasta. We are here today. It's a very special day. This is special lots of pasta Christmas edition. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle all the way. And if you can't tell, the person I'm with today <coughs> is Go Bear This is Frowns McBoone Boone. <laughs> or is it just Frowns McBoohoo today? You know what? You can call me Frowns McFrowns Frowns. <laughs> Frowns McFrowns McFrowns. <laughs> the third. The third. Okay. I'm not calling you that. That's too much. How about you call me F squared? <laughs> F squared. I could call you that today. So for the Christmas episode, I wanted to first start by talking like we we need to acknowledge christmas and i for i for one want to say want to start by saying fuck christmas i thoroughly don't give a shit anymore i'm too broke and i have like 12 family members immediate family members i need to buy shit for and it's too fucking much and none of them listen to this, so I'm able to bitch about it. So for Christmas this year, actually, you and I exchange Christmas presents. That's hey. that's all. That's been something we've been doing for a, a long time, Since right? High school. Yeah, I remember. I think my favorite thing we ever gave each other were those Eve high J's. <laughs> no, that wasn't. <laughs> Just that one time. Eve, Eve hypos models like light up models from the first Bioshock oh, game. That's right. We both got each other the same exact. And we thing. had no fucking clue that it happened. I yeah. was like, I was like, you're really gonna like this. And then you opened yours first, and you were like, well, and you handed me like the same exact box in a slightly similar wrapping paper. And I was like, no fucking way, like, cause I thought it was banging. I thought it was awesome. Um, I still have mine today. I don't think. Same. I think the batteries are still dead. Exactly. Exactly. The batteries died real quick. It was like four watch batteries. Like, I stick myself four times, and after I'm already hooked, I can't get no more juice. Because <laughs> for all you listeners out there, Bioshock is what nearly formed our relationship. That's right. Right? Like, didn't wasn't it one of the first conversations we had in, in choir class? Yeah, and then we kept replacing all the high notes with, um like, masturbational hand signals. And every time we would get to the top, we would shoot the hands. Oh, yeah, yeah, we would sling cum. We would sling cum shots. It's fucking disgusting. It's gross word. As as we would, um, <laughs> I had to be vulgar. Oh. I had to be vulgar about it, because that's what we were doing, essentially. Except it was called Go-Go Juice, and it's gonna help me win. <laughs> I actually actually really fucking forgot that we bonded friendships over the physical and nonverbal action of acting like we were jerking ourselves off and slinging our common imaginary things. Well, we are millennials. (laughs) We are, yeah, yeah, we are, we're we're a bunch of fucking liberals. (laughs) And and we are straight edge. (laughs) We, we, 
we are not doing Family. anything illegal. Not only are we straight edge. We are not doing anything illegal in this basement. <laughs> <laughs> the look on his face was like, help me, help me, it's, men. It's pure desperation. <laughs> you men, help me, damn it. One for one and all for pussy. My dog is trying to hump his bed right now, and I put it up on the pool table so he can't hump it, and he just is making these noises. Yeah, yeah, now you don't do it, because I put you on the fucking I put him on the fucking spot, and he didn't like it. For God's sake, help me! You're, he's like Maurice coming out of the bar. He's a fu- for nobody, help, help me! me. Fuck it. (laughs) Fuck it. Alright, so we're gonna. gonna So, this is lots of pasta. (laughs) And this is where. If you're vegetarian. Um, but, um, no, you're mashed potato pasta. God damn it. So. We. Did I already use that? No, your first one was potato pasta, but this is the first mashed potato pasta. Alright, I'm bringing it home for the holidays, because you know what? I cook. I cook a lot of yeah, things, but mashed mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes. Okay, so we're reading holiday Christmas creepy pastas today. Who reading? Well, you're gonna start with the short one because I don't know <laughs> if I could fucking handle you right now. This holiday season coming to a theater near you. <laughs> but do you does Hollywood? <laughs> All right, so you're gonna start with the simple one. Oh man, because I'm just you know I'm a simple guy. I like it, man. <laughs> Apparently, a personality disorder. This one is called <laughs> Christmas. I could never sleep well in hotels. I guess that's somewhat of an understatement. I could never sleep well in general, but hotels were the worst. Just the thought of that previous occupant being in the bed as a complete stranger was repulsive in my mind, but that's besides the point. What I'm getting at is how the lack of sleep in hotels changed my life. Christmas. We're spending Christmas in a shitty hotel and with my family. Great. Don't get me wrong. It's not like I didn't enjoy the all-you-could-eat buffet soggy hash browns and grits for Christmas Eve dinner. You know what? What's wrong with hash? You know, you know, you know hash is a... Uh, hash brownies? Hash, you know... The hash-slinging slasher! Of course. The first snow of the season had to cancel our flight down to Virginia. It was a Christmas Eve, and I was trying to sleep in the this bleach-saturated room. My mind was wandering, wandering, wandering what happened in here to cause such excessive amount of bleach needed. The room was nothing out of the ordinary. Two beds, one for me and my dad, and another for my sister and mom. A bathroom? and a stained microwave that looked like it needed a good dusting. Somehow, I escaped the room and stench of bleach and went into a dreamless sleep. Waking up, I could tell that it was early morning. My dad was next to me, snoring, and he usually wakes up before 4 a.m. That's when it hit me. It's Christmas, or Hanukkah, or Kwanzaa, or Festivus, and I was about to let bad fortune ruin my favorite holiday, looking across the ass bed at the clock to check the time. That's when I noticed it. The silhouette of a man about 6'3", and he hung like a horse, was across the room staring at my mom <laughs> sleep, still half hung 
and caught up in the moment, I couldn't help thinking about Santa Claus. Doesn't Santa Claus turn you on? It turns me on. No. Fat silver daddy bringing me presents. I realized how stupid the thought was, and horror soon filled my head. I choked back a shriek. I knew I couldn't let him see me awake, so I quietly put my head back down, pretending to sleep. My mind was racing. Someone was in my room, and I couldn't do anything. I was scrawny, 16-year-old prepubescent boy. This man looked like he was built and hung like a horse. A horse! I wondered if I could wake my dad in time, but I knew that wouldn't work. He slept like a rock. A bucket of water couldn't get him up fast enough. I was practically in tears. I never felt so helpless. For a second time, I choked back a scream, and he was standing right next to me, and I could feel and hear his repulsive breath upon my neck. It smelled like he had been eating rotten meat for a week now. With no thought to brush his teeth. If he didn't know I was awake, surely he did now seeing my face contorted in fear. The breathing stopped and I couldn't help the sign of relief. I would have kicked myself, but there was no need. I heard the room door open and close. I launched out of bed. Nothing in the room was in disarray and my family was still asleep. That couldn't have been a dream. I couldn't have imagined it, feeling awake as ever a horrible idea popped into my head and before I could push it away I was pulling the door again, open, glancing back to the door in order to memorize the room number I saw a giant spray painted black X on the door. Had I seen this with prior experience probably would have thought it was some stupid kids. I knew better but not enough to know what it was for. My heart skipped a beat. There he was, turning the corner at the end of the hall. I tailed him down to the parking lot. He was nowhere inside. One moment he was walking out of the lobby. The next he's gone. Realizing how cold it's outside in the paper-thin pajamas and my rock-hot nipples, I returned to the lobby. No one was around. Strange. I could swear there's usually a night concierge. Adrenaline was wearing off. I realized how stupid and rash my actions had been. It could have killed me. I cursed myself. Back up the stairs, I knew something was wrong when I got to my door. The door to my room was wide open. I hadn't left it that way, right? I walked inside, and after a quick search of the room, I determined it was safe and my family was still asleep. I locked the door and got back into bed and thought I didn't sleep for the rest of the night. I listened to my dad get up, and eventually my mom followed, but I pretended to be asleep. A few hours had passed, and my parents got my sister and up, and we got into the car, and I made our way back to the airport. Digging through my bag to grab an iPod led the finding of something that hadn't been there the previous day. A note that simply held the five words I still think about to this day. I knew you were awake.
It's now been two months since the hotel experience. I'm still scared for my life. And it gets worse every day. That note I found wasn't the only one. I still receive them. That's a creepy fucking ending. That was a very frightening ending. I mean, I liked the I knew you were awake part. I feel like that's happened in other creepypasta. That's why I was so fucking invested in it. I mean, not that the listeners out there will probably be able to decipher your accent, but I, I the live performance was appreciated. You know, <laughs> you got really dedicated to that accent. Do you know what story? You know what the story is about? It's about a kid who wakes up in the middle of the night and sees there's a man in his no. room and follows him, and then no about sexually transmitted infections <laughs> because he's afraid to have sex because he had a lot of sex before and he got stis that's why he's afraid to have them now i, just, every, I don't i don't and, agree and with you STIs, it's about santa claus and then the stis it's a christmas story it's not santa claus <laughs> santa Santa-ly transmitted diseases and <sighs> no you didn't let me finish santa has nothing to do with this story moving on <laughs> Creepy Christmas pastas. 2526 from Creepy Pasta. 2526. Andrew. <laughs> Andrew woke in the darkness. What's the story called? It's called 2526. Oh, I thought we were just playing a number game. No. Andrew awoke in the darkness. It was a noise from downstairs that woke him up. <laughs> a kind of subtle, su- subtle, subtle, rustling and creaking of the floor. He glanced to the chunky, chunky glow? <laughs> what? <laughs> he glanced to the chunky glow in the dark clock. Oh, glow, glow in the dark clock on his bedside table. I don't understand why it's chunky, but I mean. <laughs> All right. It was later than he imagined, nearly half past five in the morning. His drowsiness soon wore off as he remembered it was Christmas morning. Like any other excited four-year-old, he tugged off the covers and crept from his bed, ignoring the coldness of the wooden floor on his bare feet. He headed for the door. I definitely don't remember my fourth Christmas. Um, isn't that the one about the two turtle doves? (laughs) As Andrew left his bedroom, he clicked the door shut behind him. Even in the faint light, he could see the closed white doors of his parents' and sisters' room, grinning to himself <laughs> as he... Four golden birds? No! What is it? Four, four, four golden birds? Goldie birds? Goldie Hawk? Shut the fuck up! Thank you for being a friend. <laughs> as he realized... Oh, fuck. Even in the faint light, he could see the closed white doors of his parents' and sisters' rooms, grinning to himself as he realized... He was the first awake. Andrew gingerly wandered downstairs in the darkness. So he did it without a soul. <laughs> clinging to the banister for guidance as he tested each step with his freezing toes. He missed out on the first one that creaked, nearly hugging the wooden rail as he lunged down. To his surprise, yellow light seeped out from under the closed lounge door. Andrew stopped in his tracks. Santa, he thought, as he grabbed the door handle and turned it, pushing it open one swift, excited movement. Oh, Andrew, honey, you're up early, said his mother, Michelle, as she put down a present onto the coffee table and plastic supermarket bag full of other gifts onto the floor beside it. Okay, so he refers to his mother as Michelle. 
Maybe what four-year-old is this? I, I lost. <laughs> I lost my fucking spot again. <laughs> she went over to him and kissed him on the top of the head. Andrew looked past her, but but where's Santa? Why are you putting the presents out? Simon, the boy's father, was quick to respond. Santa's very busy, you know, buddy. You just missed him. He left all these bags, but he's such a He's on such a tight schedule, he didn't have time to lay the presents out. Andrew thought over his father's reply, but it seemed logical enough to him and he smiled. I understand, Daddy. Andrew wriggled past his mother to look at the presents eagerly. He scanned over them, but there was no sign of what he was looking for. What Andrew wanted most for Christmas was an electric scooter. He had seen one, bright red and shiny in the toy shop in town, and had his heart set on it ever since. His mother said it was too expensive at 250 euros. So this is a little Brit. So Hello, mother. Where's my fucking scooter? Oi, piss off, you bloody little wanker. <laughs> but his father had told him to wait to see what Santa would bring. Andrew was a little disheartened, but he hoped that maybe Santa had left it somewhere else, and his parents hadn't put it out for him to see yet. He picked up a small gift from the table near where he stood. To Andrew, read the tag. <laughs> the tag was also British. <laughs> Can I open one now, Mummy, before Lily wakes up? He asked, clutching it and studying the reindeer pattern of the wrapping paper. His, his parents glanced, over, glanced at each other. Soon, sweetie. Not yet. <laughs> That's Not sorry. <laughs> Wait for your sister. Daddy and I still have more presents left in the bags. Michelle smiled. I love how I started that off as the dad. <laughs> Who, what four-year-old refers to the mother as Michelle? And and secondly, what Brit girl is named Michelle? It's a very American name. Well, she works at a club where you have to pretend to be American. So she wears fake teeth. And, uh, oh, okay, <laughs> mommy. <laughs> Said Andrew as he put it back. See you in the morning. He turned and left the room, pulling the door shut behind him as he headed for the stairs. It's Christmas, yelled a voice that once again woke Andrew from his slumber. I'm, I'm done with the British accent, I'm sorry. His grinning sister Lily was in the doorway. You should see all the presents. Andrew almost flew from his bed, leaving the blankets on the floor as he darted from his room with his older sister. The pair ran downstairs into the lounge. Andrew knew his parents were right. They definitely did have more presents left to arrange. The, the table was covered with them, and they were heaped by the fireplace and under the Christmas tree. Simon and Michelle sat in their armchairs, still in dressing gowns, sipping their Christmas buck, bu Christmas bucks fizz. You're a bucks fizz. I maybe it's a Brit thing. It's busy bucks. <laughs> go on, go on, kids. Simon smiled as as Andrew and Lily began tearing into their presents. Andrew had saved the big box until last. All the other presents had been opened. The floor was littered with bows, tags, and torn scraps of paper. Lily was preoccupied setting up her new Nintendo DS game. Andrew's last present was under the tree, wrapped in dark metallic blue paper with silver glittered snowflakes. Andrew crawled down and pulled it out, sliding it towards himself as he sat cross-legged on the floor. He giggled to himself a little, the excitement making his hands shake as he found the edge of the paper and began stripping it off. It could be only one thing. 
As he ripped off the paper, the plain black box inside was revealed. Andrew paused, staring at it. His head tilted to one side with the scraps of wrapping still in his hands. He wondered why his parents put the scooter in there. Open it then, honey, his mother said from behind. Andrew grabbed the lid of the box and tugged it off. The box was full of colored pens and paints, stickers and glitter, pieces of card and pots of glue. The lid of the box sat still tight between his hands. It was an art set. Daddy and I saw how much you liked doing doing art at school. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> Pizza time. <laughs> Daddy and I saw how much you liked doing art at school. You can make things at home now, too. Andrew stared down into the box, putting the lid to one side. He rooted through it. Thank you, he said, trying to sound as cheery as he could, but in reality, he was trying not to cry. There were no other presents. Tears pricking in his eyes, Andrew put the lid on the box and tucked it back under the tree, crawling back onto the sofa next to Lily. Crawling! Crawling! He's crawling back! Oh, mate. Andrew couldn't stop thinking about the scooter for the rest of the day. He made a gingerbread house with his sister, and they all went for a walk down by the river. But still, he thought about it. It was even on his mind as he ate his Christmas dinner. Lily had finished quickly, disappearing back to play with her new toys and games, yet Andrew just sat pushing a cold piece of stray carrot around in his gravy plate. What's wrong, buddy? asked his father, crouching down next to him. Andrew feared sounding ungrateful. This is a really intense fucking four-year-old. Andrew feared sounding ungrateful. I just wanted that scooter, daddy. All those other things are really nice, but he didn't say any more. Just returning to nudging the carrot around with his fork. His father ruffled his short, dark hair and gave a half-smile. Maybe Santa just forgot it this time. He has so much to remember. Maybe we could fix up your bike, or s bike sometime. I'm sure that <laughs> I'm sure that wheel's easy to replace. You could play on that instead if you wanted. Boy, he offered. Will you tell that old fuck to work on his memory. <laughs> Andrew gave him a weak smile back. I know, continued his father. How about you make some nice Christmas pictures for Granny using your new art things? Andrew nodded, and the pair headed to the lounge. His father patting him on the back. Lily was silent as she played her new virtual zoo game. Look at all my monkeys, Andy. I bought 12 and it cost all my coins. She tittered, nudging her little brother and pointing at the pixelated animals on the screen. Andrew looked briefly, his eyes scanning across the dull image before slumping back onto the sofa. Lily went back to her game without another word. Michelle was out in the kitchen cleaning the plates, leaning on a piece of cardboard from the box of a toy Andrew colored in a picture of his missing scooter he had drawn with his new art supplies. It was bright red, <laughs> like the one in the shop, and he had put glitter on the silver handlebars to make it sparkle. The TV played a seemingly looped playlist of the same Christmas tunes Andrew had been bored of by the middle of the month. The drawing was finished. He frowns McBoohoo is just snapping his finger and dancing right now. Yeah, it's cool creeping in his The drawing was finished. It wasn't exactly perfect, but it was the best he could do. Do you like my picture, Daddy? Of his fucking scooter. Now the kid's getting fucking fresh with his dad. He asked, holding it up. Hmm? Murmured Simon. He didn't look up from his laptop where he was tapping away as usual, occasionally glancing at his stack of papers on the arm of the chair beside him. My picture for Granny. 
Very nice. Next time we go over, you can put it on her fridge, he replied, only looking at the drawing for a second. Andrew sighed. He thought maybe his father would at least stop working for a little while on Christmas Day. Andrew knew that his mother worked at the care home for the elderly people, but he didn't understand what his father did. Almost every evening, Simon sat typing up from an old spiral-bound notebook or from sheets dug out of dusty, dog-eared folders. Sometimes, Andrew peeked at the documents that his father had forgotten to put away in the safe he kept in the kitchen but the long, complicated words meant nothing to him. Andrew slipped the pens back into the art box, taking one last look at his picture of his missing scooter before laying it face down on the table. Can I just say that, like, we are missing way too many commas in these run-on fucking sentences. I, I don't think, like, creepypastas should be noted for their, like, literary, you know, genius, but, like, fucking do some proofreading. Maybe huddled up under his blankets in his new pajamas that night andrew tried to get to sleep he hugged a soft fish toy that his sister had bought him why did santa forget my scooter he wondered am i on the naughty list that must be why that time i knocked mummy's tea on the floor and when i stole that cake from lily's lunchbox and when i lost my math homework he thought tiredly over everything he had done wrong over the year, his drowsy fears almost bringing him to tears. That's why Santa forgot it. I'm a bad boy, he said to himself gloomily as he slept, as sleep overcame him. The sound of footsteps downstairs woke him later that night. <laughs> he stared around, blinking around his pitch black bedroom. He he was looking around, around. Like Durant, Durant. Around, 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 around. What? The clock said it was only ten past five this time. All of the worries of the night before drained away as Andrew sat up in bed. Santa must have remembered he really did just forget my scooter. I'm not on the naughty list, he thought with glee as he scampered from his bed. He crept downstairs as he did the night before, one step at a time, and taking care to miss the creaky stair. He almost ran down the hall towards the lounge. The door was open and the light was off. I wonder if he heard me coming. Andrew sat down in his mother's armchair. There was a little lamp beside the chair which Andrew switched on. The room was illuminated in a yellow glow. Andrew took a chocolate from a tin on the floor, pulling off the wrapper and scrunching it into a ball before popping in the chocolate in his mouth. He scanned the room as his eyes adjusted to the light. There was no sign of the scooter. Just then, a soft murmur made him sit bolt upright in the chair. It came from the kitchen. Andrew peered down the hall from where he sat, switching off the light. Maybe Daddy's talking to Santa about my scooter. Maybe Daddy's talking to Mommy in the bedroom! <laughs> As he tiptoed past the dining room, he noticed the door was open too. The doors in the house were always left shut. Andrew stopped by the edge of the kitchen door frame. A gust of December air brushed against him. Andrew shivered and hugged himself. The front door was open a crack, swaying. Santa? He asked out loud, his quiet, trembling voice fracturing the silence. He peered into the kitchen. Dim light from the street flooded into the room. A figure dressed in black was hunched by an open cabinet, pawing through it. There were papers all over the floor. Andrew gasped in surprise, and the figure shot its gaze round at him. 
human eyes met his. Andrew was frozen to the spot, quivering as the hooded man just stared back at him. The orange street lamps outside gleamed off of the blade of the knife in the man's hand. He wore thick winter gloves, and a scarf covered the bottom of his face. A chipped crowbar lay beside him. He was surrounded by files and stacks of papers. His father's work that had been pulled from the broken safe under the sink. That's what they must have come for. The only sound Andrew could make was the small frightened squeak as he backed away from the figure. A black van he had never seen before was parked up on the street outside. He could feel a presence behind him, and before he even had the chance to turn, a gloved hand shot round from behind him and pressed its palm over his mouth. That was a terrible fucking story. If it takes five minutes to set up for a burglar, then you are letting a lot of people down. No, no, listen to me. Listen to me, man. I mean, listen. This is the whole problem with hands. I've been saying this is day God fucking one. damn it. You know, why do we even need them? Use your feet. If you used your feet, he wouldn't have gotten his mouth covered by the guy's hand. He could have foot stopped him. Because remember, one is the loneliest number. Two, you get the shoe. Three is the chest. And a four is your breast. And then we rock. Ladies and gentlemen, I would. I'm sorry that my voice has now dropped to a different octave. I don't know what's happening. I got a question for you. What? So, if you're death, what happens when you die? Double the death. Double, double the carnage. Double the death. Double the fun. Life is more better with double first gun. Well, in your case, would death be better with double fresh gum? Papa Boohoo's with you now. And we're going to get started with my favorite story. The Holly Jolly Good Gift. Spark <coughs> oh, it up. Isn't Christmas the best time of year? Barbara asked in a cheery tone after she drank her cup of eggnog. Cause she been drinking too much eggnog Too much eggnog Of course Everyone waits patiently for the year to go by for this day Laura said Watching the children Opening their presents The house was packed with people Mostly Laura's family People she knew The family members she didn't even remember Because she'd been drinking too much eggnog Everyone was all around the Christmas tree, either on the floor, or on their couches, or against the wall, or in the bathroom. They were all there, and they were all family. All that Laura would hear was the family talking to one another, and the sound of the paper being ripped open. She had a cup of eggnog in her hands, and a jolly smile printed on her face. As she looked at the children, she usually only saw one or two of them once or twice a year. One kid got a toy dinosaur in a box, while the other girl got a nail polish remover and a Barbie doll with dark nail blue. Polish, not real dog. <laughs> nail polish remover. I mean, you need the you need the remover I to mean, get. You definitely do, but one's cheaper and less interesting than the other. Listen, Barbie doll with a blue dark passionate dress on. The teens opened their presents to find money and electronics. 
or a new phone. All in the family. Adults in the family got cards, little decorations, and other useless items, like pieces of shit. If it, right? You know, how many times, Death, have you gotten a card from someone and it was just socks? Like, what the fuck, man? You're talking about my mom. <laughs> my mom literally never gets me anything nice for Christmas. I get underwear and socks. You know, a joke. Sarah who was Barbara's daughter, entered into the back of the tree to see if she could find any stowaway gifts hiding in the back. She got a small present with the very plain light blue wrapping paper. It seemed it was wrapped in a hurry, like someone completely forgot about Laura and gave her something random. Sarah waved at Laura, but she didn't notice her, even when she called her. Hey, sis, she's flagging you down over there, Barbara said as she pointed to where Sarah was. Laura looked to where Barbara was pointing and saw the gift in Sarah's hand. She got up and walked towards her, dodging children, and opened empty booze boxes with holiday wrapping paper at the sides along the way. Laura bent down and grabbed the present, saying, Thank you to Sarah as she went back. She sat in her original spot next to Barbara and opened the gift. Boop. But the wrapping paper was poorly done, but the box itself looked really tight and exquisite and tight. The box had painted in dark green detailed vines all around it, wrapping against one another as it went around the box. And the box itself was a box light brown tan colored box it looked like sand directly fell on the box <laughs> off the beach <laughs> off, <laughs> off the box wow that looks wonderful open it Barbara said waiting anxiously for the revealing of what was inside the box it was a box <laughs> Laura opened it diligently as to not damage the box itself like it was a piece of priceless art as she opened it, all she could be heard from her point of view was now Barbara's breathing. <laughs> that was directly next to her, blocking everything else that was going on. Inside was a white circle that wasn't very tall inside the box. She reached out of the box and got it out. It was a plain white overall box with purple bold lettering. <laughs> Container equals box, I can say it. It was a plain oval box with purple bold lettering saying, Quick Removal Mud Mask. Great, another bathroom product, Laura thought, as she gave it to Barbara, like she could look at it, what a bitch. I think that sounds like a terrible fucking gift. Uh, thank you. Um, she tried to yell. <coughs> Let me try that again. Thank you. Uh, <coughs> it quickly stopped. She rapidly tried to find a name on the wrapping paper. It wasn't her own, but nothing found. Barbara handed it back to Laura so she could find who it was from. Who gave me this one? Laura said in a confused, rushed tone. Everyone just stared at her. It was mostly silent until everyone responded with a, Don't know her, it wasn't me. Do you know what it is? It's Grandma's face. <laughs> it is Grandma's face, and you Grandma gave it you know to her. I'm starting to think it's a mud mask. It's a mud mask for the reptilians from the subterranean. No one had the intentions of giving her something for the reunion other than Barbara. <laughs> Barbara's a gift. <laughs> Take her! I don't fucking want her! Why is everyone trying to get rid of me? What? 
Boleh ibu cari gimana ni? And she placed the fun mask into the artistic box, and everything went back to normal. Maybe it was someone that left the party early. At least you got something from someone else. Barbara said with a smile on her face. Yeah. Well, thanks for having the reunion at your place. My place. This was too small for all these people. She said also with a smile on her face. Barbara responded with a smile and said she was going out to be with other people. <laughs> so she left the other side of the house. Laura wasn't a people person. Maybe that's why she doesn't usually get along with anything for the holidays but boxes. <laughs> <laughs> she waited patiently for the next three hours to pass by as the last of the family members left Laura. She felt relieved inside. She quickly went into Barbara who <laughs> just entered the living room. Can I stay here for the night? Leave it morning. Laura asked. Of course you can. But you can stay here for as long as you like in the kids' bedroom upstairs. Barbara said with a, the happiest expression on her face. <laughs> Laura helped Barbara with cleaning the house. Wrapping paper was all around the tree. Dishes needed to be done. Except on as she was done and wished Barbara a good night's sleep along with Sarah and picked her up one get at a time and headed towards her old room which she knew was the guest room since she did live here before getting a house of her own and knew what a guest room was the room looked very plain and guesty with a white closet a dresser and a little counter next to her bed with an alarm clock on it. The room was not how she remembered it to be. She loved living here with her sister before. Now it was time to move on. The room had a bathroom, I would hope so, that connected to Barbara's room on the other side. She didn't bring any of those things with her, like cleansing pads, makeup toothbrush, and clothes. But she didn't care. She was carefree. She was French. All that she wanted was to feel comfort. She knew around her instead of being in her quiet, empty little home. She took a better look on the alarm clock and it said 666 AM. I'm being correct. It's AM. Okay. Yeah. Alright. She headed towards the bathroom and looked at herself in the mirror. She looked tired. Her bags were packed. She was ready to go, but she needed to get the makeup off her face. So she looked into the cabinet and found alcohol with cotton balls. Balls, balls. Just drank the alcohol. And she then took the rubbing alcohol and drank it. Well, better than nothing, she said. She said as she doused the cotton ball with the alcohol and applied it to her face as she wiped the makeup off. As she was done, she thought, might as well try it out. Move on with my new gift. She took the mud mask out of the box and opened it up. Inside was the purple-gray mud mask. She looked at the directions and saw that it was completely easy to apply. Just simple directions. If she didn't have so many zits on her face, so she just applied it everywhere for the hell of it. She instantly felt it work, looked at herself in the mirror, and saw how good Laura then turned off the light and headed towards the bed. And she plummeted on her old bed and felt like she was, it was like how she used to remember it. The only thing that felt familiar in her cold room. She started to 
slowly close her eyes. They soon collide with each other, making her only see darkness because she's apparently she's cross-eyed. They fell into a deep, restful sleep. Later in the morning, around 8 o'clock, Barbara's daughter came upstairs, notifying her mom that she had made breakfast for everyone. As she quickly ran up the stairs and skipped into the hallway and stood in front of Laura's room and spoke up. I need Laura breakfast! She answered, but no response. Then, she reached for the dark yellow doorknob and turned it. As she opened the door, her eyes widened. She screamed at the top of her lungs for a few moments before running back downstairs. What she saw was Laura, but her face wasn't there anymore. It was burned off completely. The eyes and eyelids, along with her brows, melted into a liquid deep into the hollow sockets. And a pool of remains was left of her empty skull. One hell of a the flesh was burned and boiled to a crisp as there was pus bubbles where the skin ended on her face and flesh was dangling on the sides with shades of red underneath. Her nose was completely melted off. <gasps> Do you think Voldemort used this mask? Her nose was completely melted off and the blood just vaporized along with everything else. Her tongue along with her cheeks, gums, and the whole inside of her mouth was vaporized and only a skull with teeth remained visible. Inside of the bathroom was the container of the mud mask. There was a little detail that she missed when the warning details were right under the directions. There was a little detail that she missed which is directly in front of her eyes. The warning details which were right under the directions in black ink. It read, Do not apply with alcohol before use. Most important, do not sleep while the product is in direct contact with your face or skin. Only the screams of Sarah and the pattern of rushed footsteps coming up the stairs remained. Laura's question was never answered. Welcome. I am glad you are here, because we have stepped into the pasta zone. <laughs> or if you're vegetarian... Beat pasta. This is supposed to be a Christmas pasta, right? Yeah. A Christmas pasta. Christmas stories. These are supposed. That was a Christmas story. That was. That was a family reunion Christmas oh, story. Fuck you. They were giving gifts. My my us. my really fucking long one was a kid on Christmas Day thinking you know he was a cunt about his dad with a scooter, and then your first short one was all about a Santa Claus that doesn't brush his teeth and likes to masturbate in a dark parent's room. I hope you're not this deaf. Is, <laughs> this, you hear me, deaf? This is... We're finishing okay, part okay, one okay. with uh, a troll pasta for Christmas. This one's called He Sees You When You're Sleeping. <coughs> and knows when you're masturbating. I have to read this in troll voice, so I hope you've gotten used to it by now. Which troll? Before I start, I just want to wish you all happy holidays. This was quite a traumatizing experience I had when I was young. Anyway, get comfortable, because this is going to be a very disturbing story. I always tell this story around Christmas time to my friends and family, and I thought this subreddit would love stuff like this, so here it goes. It was Philadelphia, born to raise, it's Christmas, and give me all of my presents. I just want to open a wrap for now to get me my boy, because I like I'm always a dildo. <laughs> It was Christmas of 2008, and I had, and I got a really weird CD from my cousin. 
<laughs> it was Christmas of 2008, <laughs> and I was, and I was. <laughs> <laughs> it was Christmas in 420, and we were getting please smoking all the. Fire. And I was pretty young. I still believed in Santa at this point, so I had the attitude of, oh, if I stay up, maybe I can catch him. God damn my curiosity. <laughs> <laughs> this year I was absolutely positive I was going to catch him. I had a ton of caffeine ready so wouldn't fall asleep waiting. At around 12.30 in the morning, I knew my parents were asleep, and they were extremely heavy sleepers. I snuck downstairs, and to my surprise, my presents were already there. I thought, shoot, I missed him. I hung out downstairs for a few hours, playing on my iPod Touch. This is where it happened. iPod Touch. Yeah, I call mine that, too. Where I was sitting, you could look down a hallway to see a sliding glass door. I don't know how long he was standing there, but all I know was when he looked up from my iPod penis, he was standing right outside, looking at me. It's Santa! I thought. As I looked closer, he didn't seem like the jolly, fat old man we came to love. He was in a bright red suit, but he wasn't fat at all. He was extremely pale and skinny, and he was relatively old possibly in his 60s. He had bright red cheeks and was giving a good old creepy smile. He gave me a hand signal to come to the door. I started walking down the hallway and I started getting a this isn't right feeling mixed in with a I hit the jackpot feeling too. I don't know that in between feeling. I can't relate to it. I just, you know what? I hit the pot. Feeling. I hit the pot! We are not doing anything we illegal in this basement. The champions, my friends! well, And we'll keep on fighting to the end! No, because I was going to change the lyrics. I was going to say, we keep on token till the end. Spoiling hot! Oh, oh! I started walking down. Oh, I read that line. We don't smoke. We are not doing anything illegal we are in this basement. Straight edge. Straight edge frowns. McBoon poon. Is the wall of China. As I walked, he gave me the same look all the way down. No lights were on in the hallway, and there was a bright light shining on him outside the house. As I opened the door, I said, Oh my gosh, Santa, it's you. He started in a high-pitched voice. Why, hello, little boy! It's so good to see you! Have you seen the presents I've given you? I couldn't believe it. I was talking to the real Saint Nick himself. Yeah, I did! But Santa, why are you back here? I looked closer into his eyes, and I realized they were pure black. Nothing but pupil. Well, see, you are a special little boy, understand? So special, you made the top of the nice list. I was so confused. I had always been good, but never so good that I never did anything naughty. So what now? He let out a wide grin. Now you get to be one of my elves. I squealed in excitement. Can I go tell my parents? He frowned. No, 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 no. You can't. If you tell them, they might think I'm some sort of crazy person. They might not even believe I'm the real Santa. I 
thought about it for a second. Okay, I guess that makes sense. What do you want to do then? Are you going to take me back with you to the North Pole? Because I can't go there. My parents will know. He was quick to respond. Yes, yes, I know. We are just going to go around the neighborhood to deliver some extra presents. I smiled. Wow, that sounds fun. Where's your reindeer? He laughed. They are in my sack. I was confused. Why? I could see an insane amount of his yellow teeth. I killed them! I was shocked. What? He laughed again. <laughs> oh, yes! Just look in my sack. He opened it. The stench was atrocious. It was filled with bloody organs and intestines. Why would you do that? I cried. Because they were naughty! He screamed with that scary voice only men can do. Because they were naughty! <laughs> That's more appropriate. I went silent. And I started shaking. <laughs> Let's go, kid! I was too scared to do anything else but follow him. We walked half a mile up the road and it was freezing out. Oh, this house here, it has some naughty people. What I want you to do is knock on the door and ask them to call your parents. Leave the door open. What are you going to do then? He smiled. Give them what they deserve, of course. Like cool, I asked. <laughs> yes. Yup, he said. I did what I was told. A teenage girl answered it. Oh my god, what, what ki kid, what are you doing outside and it's freezing out there? I looked at her for a few seconds. Can I, um, can I please call my parents? She looked around. Come inside. As I walked in and I asked to use the bathroom, she said okay and directed me in. As I started, I heard someone walk past my bathroom door. Shot, it was so loud. I didn't know what it was, and I was too scared to come out. Santa, I yelled. I waited about 30 seconds. As I walked out, I saw something that gives me chills to this date. I walked out and shit you not, saw Santa eating the intestines of the girl like a rat. Santa, did you kill her? He got up, looked at me, and said, The youngest meat is always the tenderest. I ran out of the house. Never do I remember a time where I was scared. As I looked back from down the street, he was in front of the house, staring at me with black eyes. I kept running. I got back, locked all the doors, jumped into bad, and went under the covers. I don't know why I didn't tell my parents. I was so confused. He was Santa. What if she was just naughty? What if he came for me next? I had a one-level house, and so I made sure I didn't look at my window. I just started crying. I thought about death, what he was going to do to me if he came after me. Then I heard it. It started soft at first, and I refused to believe what it was. I heard, Santa Claus is coming to town, outside my house. My stomach dropped. It wasn't a normal version. Not at all, either. It was the one line over and over again. He sees you when you're sleeping. 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 I think it would have been better if it was like, He sees you when you're sleeping. 
He sees you when you're sleeping. He sees you when you're sleeping. He, he sees, sees you when you're sleeping. sleeping. I totally remembered what he did. Yeah, that's usually what we do to songs. So I could hear the music coming closer to my window. He sees you when you're sleeping. 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 He fucking sees you when you're sleeping. I bit my pillow as it got louder, crying all the more. I knew he was staring at me now. Just kept going the whole night. I was sweating, and it was so hot under my blanket, I didn't get up because I was so scarred. I don't know how, but I must have passed out from being so hot under my blankets and crying. I woke up the next morning, and he was gone. Oh, that was a beautiful ending to the episode. That was That he sees you when you're sleeping bit is just so seasonal, and it actually makes me kind of happy it's Christmas right now. Absolutely, man. Even though I fucking hate Christmas, take us out. You gotta gotta tell them, you know, what what are we? we? I know we are the world and the children, but what are we? Potato pasta. (laughs) Or if you're vegetarian, pasta pasta.